Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, let me invite you to come be my guest one Sunday soon. Our service begins promptly, 1030 a.m. If you aren't local, but maybe you're looking for a good church, uh, you can always attend uh, Calvary 316 digitally uh, via our Sunday service stream, our live stream. Uh, If you're curious to learn more about the church, visit calvary316.tv. If you'd like to access our teaching archive, the teaching sermon video, audio, notes, check out c316.tv. And again, if you want to join us on Sunday mornings, you want to watch the live stream, 1030 a.m., check out our YouTube channel, uh, calvary316.live, subscribe, or find us on facebook.com slash calvary316. I do hope that wherever you're listening or however you're listening, whether you're listening uh, via the airwaves, one of, via one of our wonderful radio partners, uh, this is a nationally syndicated radio show, or maybe you're listening to the podcast, every episode of what you hear on the radio is podcasted in its entirety. Uh, the Outlaw Radio Show, Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, maybe you happen to be watching the recording of what you're listening to on our live stream. Uh, we live stream the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show, uh, outlawradio.live. Facebook.com slash The Radio Outlaw. We do that every Wednesday night uh, at 8 p.m. So uh, however you're listening or if you're watching, we are so glad that you're with us. Uh, as we seek to deconstruct the negative perception that the world has of Christians uh, by boldly discussing relevant topics in an honest and genuine way, uh, I am joined, uh, as always, by my sidekick, my partner in crime, Creighton Vaughn. Uh, Creighton, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are y'all doing out there? So Creighton, presently speaking, uh, again, if you're listening, uh, you should be watching uh, because he is monitoring uh, the comment section of both uh, the, the live stream on our Facebook page as well as YouTube. And so uh, we're able to interact with the listening audience between the blocks of audio uh, that, that, that you're listening to, again, radio or podcast. Uh, today's episode is something that has been, uh, I have been mulling over, it has been percolating uh, it's been an episode, Creighton, that I've been wanting to do, uh, and you and I have talked about this, I've been wanting to do this episode uh, for really some time, a year plus, just haven't had the opportunity <clears throat> to really dive in, to do the research that I felt like the episode warranted, but I'm going to title today's episode, What Happened to Rob Bell? Uh, now, before I go any further <laughs> in regards to uh, the subject matter, uh, or I provide a lead-in, um, you and I are separated by about 10 years. Um, and so I am kind of on that edge of being uh, kind of between uh, Gen Z and being a millennial. I am a millennial, but just kind of on that border. Uh, you're right in the heart of, of millennials. Um, again, 10 years separating you and I. I'm 38. You'll, you're about to be 28 or you're already 28. Just turned 28. So you just turned 28. So when I say the name Rob Bell, again, you and I coming from about a 10-year 10, 10 uh, divide. What does that name mean to you? Like, like what hits you when you hear the name Rob Bell? Um, I think of a guy that I found out about in high school um, because he wrote a book called Love Wins, where he came out as a uh, legitimate heretic um, who no longer believed in hell and who had some very weird concepts of what the afterlife would be like for anyone who died not believing in Jesus. I, I'm not sure that that was his his intention to come out as a heretic. It just so happened that. That it caused quite a stir um, and was kind of a controversy within Christianity. Uh, but, but what's interesting is, again, that's, I say Rob Bell, and your first thought immediately uh, is Love Wins and the book and the controversy surrounding that and the, kind of the fallout. Um, what's, what's fascinating, though, is that, again, this 10-year gap, that is like the end of the story of Rob Bell. And that for me, when I think of Rob Bell, yes, that's one of the things that comes into my mind. Uh, but man, there's like 10 years of, of other things um, that I think about before that. That was kind of just the, the culmination of just a tragedy. Uh, it was the final act of a bad story. Uh, there were many chapters written before that because Rob Bell was not a heretic. In fact, he was, uh, for the most part, kind of the it boy within Christianity, within evangelical Christianity. Um, Rob Bell was it. I mean, he was, you could say in a lot of ways, and... Um, and I think this would be the truth, within a modern era, and, and I would classify a modern era by being kind of like the internet, the development of social media, uh, the advent of YouTube, um, multimedia, <clears throat> Rob Bell was really the first 
um, celebrity pastor. Um, I mean, he was on the cover um, of every magazine you can imagine. Uh, he was uh, being given interviews um, by secular institutions. Um, in fact, in fact, I, in doing a little research, um, in 2006, uh, the Chicago Sun-Times uh, wrote an article declaring that Rob Bell was going to be the next Billy Graham. Again, not something that you would equate to a heresy. I mean, this was the poster child for evangelicalism. Um, in fact, he started an entire trend um, when he came on the scene within within the pastoral community. Um, so you know how out of nowhere, it was like the trendy thing to do to wear like thick black red glasses. Like if you were a pastor, I mean, you saw like every pastor rocking like thick black rimmed glasses and like not the big ones that are kind of trendy today. Um, but like the skinnier ones, I mean, you got some black rimmed glasses, but not that. I mean, we're talking like the thicker rimmed, you know what I'm talking about? I do. I know exactly what you mean. It was like, it was a trend and it kind of took, but that started, I'm not kidding. That started from Rob Bell. <laughs> I mean, Rob Bell, no matter what he did, it was copied. It was emulated. I mean, he was stylish uh, again. Uh, is he the next Billy Graham? Uh, is he going to uh, reach the next generation? Uh, in 2007, uh, the church report named Bell uh, number 10 and their top 10 50 most influential Christians in the world. He was, I didn't know that was a list that came out. <clears throat> I'm sure it no longer exists, but, in two, but I mean, that just gives you an idea. I mean, he was, and again, he's in his early 30s at this point. In June of 2011, Rob Bell made the Time Magazine list of the 100 most influential people in the world. Wow. In 2011. Uh, the New York Times uh, listed Rob Bell as one of the most influential Christians in the country. So you got to realize that when Rob Bell like, hit the scene, it was with a lot of fanfare, a lot of media, a lot of accolades, a lot of attention. Again, a celebrity pastor. Everyone... Uh, was talking about Rob Bell. Now, for me, so I graduated from Bible college in 2003. Um, by that point, Rob Bell is already a thing. He's already established his church. Uh, but I didn't know anything about him. I hadn't heard of him by that point. He hadn't written a book at, by, that, by that juncture. So he hadn't, he hadn't really hit, I would say, mainstream culture where I would have heard about him. But, but I moved back to Georgia from California in 2003 um, I become a high school, middle school youth pastor, going to 2004, um, and out of nowhere, a friend of mine was like, hey, I've got this DVD, you need to check it out. Um, and I was like, and again, we're like early YouTube, so you're not going to YouTube, uh, you know, you're passing DVDs around, you know, things you have to order online, you have to get it. Um, but I was like, what is it? Because it was slick, it was like in this, this like kind of teal blue case, it was clear, of the branding was slick. It was it was pretty neat, and it was called a pneuma video. Now, a pneuma video, pneuma is the the Greek word for spirit. Um, but these pneuma videos were being produced by a company out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they were they were short films. Now, now pneuma videos they would run from two thousand and two to two thousand and nine. So they had, they had like a seven year run. And the rumor was, I mean, these things were slick. They were about 10 minutes long, some a little longer, some a little short. They were creative. They were trendy. Um, again, when, you, when you're talking about like Christian culture where, you know, we're running at the same time where Kirk Cameron uh, is releasing left behind videos, like, like something that's cool and slick, well-produced, high-end, good music, thought-provoking. These NUMA videos um, were radical. Like they were cool. That was my first exposure. Now, what, what made them interesting? Again, the content and and the guy that was showcased. So the, the guy behind these Numa videos, um, the one doing the narration, presenting the thought and the idea, was Rob Bell. And again, that's where you started putting the face to the name. My first exposure. It was the glasses. It was cool. His presentation was slick. Um, was it cheesy? Was it preachy? made you think was thought provoking. And I mean, the NUMA videos, they were releasing them. People were buying them, playing them in the church, uh, showing them before worship service or, or after just to spark conversation. 
they were being assimilated into small groups. Um, I think I was a part, even part of a small group that we would watch a NUMA video and then have conversations about them. Um, very, again, very well done, very fresh. Uh, 2002 to 2009. That was my very first exposure uh, to Rob Bell. Now, again, we're still in the early phases of the internet, um, you know, in regards to consuming a lot of Bible studies. It's hard to stream a lot of audio. Things are glitchy. Um, and, again, at that point, I'm consuming Bible studies by ordering someone's like complete MP3 set. You know, I had Pastor Chuck's MP3 set, John Corson's MP3 set, and then I had Joe Foch's MP3 set. And that's kind of how you're consuming. Um, Bible studies. You're going to interject. Yeah, and when you say MP3 set, you mean like MP3 CDs. Yes, like not like a file of no, MP3s. No, no, no. no, we were not. We were not in quite the the flash drive phase right. where, where it had like a thousand files on it. No, it was like a full blown CD with MP3 files, so that you put it into your computer because no one had like an MP3 player. So you'd have to put it into your computer, and you had like an HTML page that would come up that you could interact with the CD. Uh, I mean, that's the dark ages, the dark ages. No, it's amazing how technology (laughs) flew. So my first exposure to Rob Bell are these new videos, which which again are um, are great. Put him on the map, put a face to the name. Uh, And then Rob Bell released uh, his first book, his first book, 2005, uh, had this really trendy title. It was called Velvet Elvis. And it was subtitled, uh, Repainting the Christian Faith. Now, at that point, there was some folks within Christianity that was starting to uh, throw up a few flares. Okay, anytime you have the subtext, Repainting the Christian Faith, um, (laughs) you know, it's it's sending up a little bit of alarm bells. Now, this is at the same time, again, for context, uh, that you had, you know, you've always had the seeker-friendly movement, but you had... Again, this is a phrase you might not even be familiar with because it was a flash in the pan, but the emergent church movement, you had this like, we're reimagining, we had the, the, the uh, um, uh, kind of the new revolution, the new reformation, Brian McLaren, uh, Rob Bell starting to get linked to some of these people. Again, again very strange. Uh, but I enjoyed the book thoroughly. Um, in fact, I read it, uh, a good friend of mine read it. Uh, we would meet at IHOP and talk about the book. And one of the interesting things, and it was kind of this, again, the slick presentation of what Rob Bell was doing, is he would present um, ideas in the form of questions to, to provoke uh, thought. Um, again, if you listen to the way that he teaches, he does the same thing. So he would never actually say something that was heretical. He would just ask a question where <laughs> your answer could very well be heretical, but he wouldn't answer. Like, basically, like, imagine there being a cliff of heresy like Rob Bell would never run off the cliff but he would run right up to the edge ask some questions with no safeguards or railings so anybody that wasn't rooted wasn't founded in their faith I mean they're running up to the the edge and then running off of the edge um, again I enjoyed it because it was thought-provoking it, it made you think it made you contemplate it made you reevaluate uh, certain things that um, you know are these just traditions uh, is, is this, should this be orthodoxy? Uh, what things should we be letting go of? Which things should we be carrying forth? Um, and so from the very beginning, um, Rob Bell was big. You had these NUMA videos, you had the first book drop, and then you started learning a little bit more about the church he had planted, and you're like, oh my goodness. Now don't go anywhere, we're going to continue these thoughts here with the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church, It is our desire to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. 
So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Today's episode is what happened to Rob Bell. And I should probably, Creighton, uh, for the sake of the audience, I should probably take a step back and to explain why it is that I'm, I'm talking about Rob Bell today. Uh, my intent is not to gossip about somebody. It's not to bring um, up old scars. It's not to bring up old scars. Really, this is kind of a requiem. Uh, this is more of an examination of, of a guy that was a huge star within Christianity and for the most part had a tragic fall. Um, is not, I mean, Rob Bell today doesn't even really classify himself or consider himself a, a Christian and the orthodox sense of, of what a Christian is. And so it's like, how do you go from being the it child to like 20 years later um, being completely discredited, considered a heretic, fired, maybe let go from the church that you founded, the mega church? Like, like how does that happen? How does somebody go from being the guy uh, to being... Um, the outcast, the black sheep of the family. And, and that's really the, the intent of today's episode is I, I want to try to explain why I believe uh, that happened, what happened to Rob Bell, and kind of the lessons that I think we should learn um, from that. Now, let me give you a little bit of bio about Rob Bell, especially for those within the audience uh, that don't know anything about him. He was born August 23rd, 1970, which makes him presently uh, 50 years old. I say that because when we start talking about um, his heyday, it's in the early 2000s. So if he's 50 now, I mean, you're talking he's 30 um, at the time. Uh, again, kind of crazy how young he was uh, when, he, when he hit the scene. So he's born 1970. Uh, he was born to Robert and, and Helen Bell. Uh, again, believers. Interesting. Uh, fun fact, Robert, his father, um, was a, is, is a U.S. district judge who was appointed by Ronald Reagan. Uh, he grew up in, in just outside of Lansing, Michigan. Um, he attended uh, his parents' alma mater, which is Wheaton College, a Christian school uh, that's located in Illinois. In 1992, Rob Bell uh, graduated from Wheaton with a bachelor's degree um, in psychology. So he attended a Christian university, but he studied psychology. Uh, again, went to the school because it's where both of his parents went. Um, and so that was the logical place for him to go. Uh, while he was there, uh, he met his, his wife, Kristen. Uh, interesting, uh, him and Kristen have been married since. Uh, they have three kids that you can find very little information about on the internet. Uh, reason being is that Rob Bell always intentionally uh, safeguarded his kids while he was in the limelight, he protected his wife. Uh, one thing I should say about Rob Bell is that, again, I mentioned him as being kind of the first celebrity pastor in kind of the social media uh, internet uh, time period. Uh, but, you know, Rob Bell is not guilty of any particular moral failings. Like, the, the man has been married to one woman. Uh, he's never been accused of infidelity. Uh, never been accused of mismanaging church funds. Uh, never been accused of being a bad boss uh, or... or um, uh, you know, exacting um, uh, unethical practices with the way church uh, handled the finances or ha having a hand in hand, a heavy hand in regards to church leadership. I mean, really, there's, there's, there's very little scourge on his reputation other than his theology and how it kind of played out. To this day, even after all of this, um, he's still married to the same woman living in Los Angeles, three kids, um, again, not being accused of any immor Im immorality, uh, moral improprieties, which should be noted. Like, there's no moral failings, at least we know about, considering Rob Bell, and that should be, he should be commended for that. Uh, <laughs> regarding celebrity pastors, that places him kind of in a very unique category. <laughs> so Unfortunately. He, he's going to Wheaton College, gets a bachelor's 1992. Uh, again, another fun fact, uh, Rob Bell was roommates with the lead singer of a very popular Christian band uh, called All Star United, um, uh, was roommates with him. Uh, Rob Bell was very much uh, a musician. So uh, while at Wheaton College, uh, he had started a band uh, called Ton Bundle. Um, they were well-known in the region. He's a lead singer, was the lead singer from it. So he was used to performing, used to being on stage. Uh, he was also, side note, kind of a jock. 
So he was musical, he was artsy, he was creative, uh, but he loved to ski, he loves to surf, he loves to play soccer. Um, in fact, he was, um, after college, kind of without direction, he was working as a ski instructor at a camp. I think it was the camp was run by Wheaton College, and they needed somebody to uh, fill in on a Sunday uh, for kind of the camp church service. And it was there that, that Rob Bell actually spoke for the first time, uh, killed it, and everyone was saying, hey, you should do this for a living. You should be a preacher. Uh, you're eloquent. Uh, you, you, you're different. Uh, you're creative. You have a different flair, a different style. Uh, this is very fresh. And so uh, kind of with that in mind, uh, Rob Bell, he moved to uh, Pasadena, California to go to seminary, ended up with a Master's of Divinity from Fuller Theological Seminary. So again, his, his credentials are very, very much rooted in evangelicalism. Uh, Wheaton College, Fuller Seminary, uh, very good credentials. Now, while he was wrapping up his Master's of Divinity, uh, they were going, him and his wife, going to a few different churches. Uh, again, he now in Los Angeles has a new band. Uh, called Big Phil, uh, playing gigs in the the Southern California area. Um, But he, again, wanting to pursue a a kind of a a career in preaching, um, ends up taking an internship in the late 90s um, at a megachurch called Calvary Church that's located in Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan. This is not a Calvary Chapel church. Um, As a matter of fact, the the church itself, a megachurch, massive church, uh, was pastored by a, a man named uh, Ed Dob- Dobson, not Charles Dobson, but Ed Dobs- uh, Dobson, uh, which um, was kind of a famous guy. So he moves to uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, to intern under Pastor Ed uh, at Calvary Church. He ends up teaching the Sunday night service, uh, which is where he starts uh, gaining some chops starts building a bit of a following, um, starts gaining some attention. Now, a, a little bit about Dobson to help round out a few of the like influences. So Dobson ends up uh, being, he's an Irishman, who started um, what's known as the Moral Majority. You ever heard of the, mo- the Moral Majority? Now, this goes back to like the 90s, the 80s and the 90s. Uh, Jerry Falwell, um, uh, Dobson, uh, got his start at Liberty university, um, is friends with Jerry, uh, Jerry Falwell, uh, starts the moral, uh, the, the moral majority, uh, basically rallying Christians to being politically active, uh, for Republican causes. Now, by the time he ends up at Calvary church, uh, he's really rejected a lot of kind of his political background. He's kind of started out on his own. Uh, it's a non-denominational church that gives him kind of the freedom to explore certain things. He, he ends up taking an entire year, immerses himself in Judaism, and he lives as a Jew to try to understand what Jesus's life was like. So he uh, uh, observes the Sabbath in a very orthodox way. Again, he's an evangelical, pastoring a non-denominational church. He's observing um, all of the, the, the feast. He grows out his beard. He gets really deep into to, to Judaism which in, in turn has an influence later on, I believe, with Rob Bell. Um, aside from that, he also starts kind of getting very liberal um, in regards to kind of his progressive views about, about uh, the church and its role within social causes. Um, famously, he came out and said that he had voted for Barack Obama in 2008 because he felt Obama, uh, his policies were more in line with Jesus. Got a lot of kickback. Uh, from this. Now, this is where this is where Rob Bell goes to intern. This is the church. Uh, so he has a bunch of influences, Wheaton College, Fuller Theological Seminary, uh, several different kind of trendy non-denominational churches in Southern California. Um, I think he has a little bit of influence within Calvary Chapel from Bible teaching, expositional. Uh, he ends up going to study under Ed Dobson. He starts teaching the Sunday service. This is, again, the very uh, the latter part of, of the 90s. And from that Sunday night service, uh, they decide that, that they're going to take um, kind of a transplant church that's in a community outside of Grand Rapids, and they're going to they're gonna turn it into a church launch. So Calvary 
uh, church is going to get behind Rob Bell. Uh, they're going to take kind of an existing church and they're going to relaunch it um, and they're going to rebrand it as Mars Hill Bible Church. Now, one of the things that kind of gets confusing about this time period is that there's another Mars Hill Church uh, that was equally ginormous, and that is Mark Driscoll's church in Seattle, Washington, um, also known as Mars Hill. So there was a lot of, uh, like, which Mars Hill are you talking about? Are you talking about Rob Bell? Or are you talking about Mark Driscoll? So he starts February 7th, 1999. They launch out Mars Hill Bible Church. They started, now this is what gets crazy. They started in a school gym. Now we're three years before the first NUMA video. We're a good five, six years before he writes a book. Okay. The very first Sunday, February 7th, 1999, in a school gymnasium. So they're beginning, they're launching with a couple hundred people. The very first Sunday, they have a thousand people show up. They run out of chairs. They don't have enough chairs to, to sit the people that show up. Within six months of their launch, they have 4,000 people coming every Sunday. And within a year, they are given a shopping mall, an entire shopping mall within one year of starting the church, an entire shopping mall is donated. It takes them about a year to renovate. They buy all of the surrounding land. How you do this? <laughs> one year in, I have no idea. And then they started, they did kind of a, a relaunch by July of 2000, uh, they, they had a 3,500 seat, they called it the gray chair facility, it opened, 3,500 chairs, they're immediately at two services. To give you an idea of his influence, they didn't call it a church service, he coined the term a church gathering. So don't go anywhere, we're going to build this thought here on the Outlaw Radio Show. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams and Creighton Vaughn. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Outlaw Radio Podcast. You can find the Outlaw Radio Podcast on any platform where you listen to podcasts. And we would also encourage you to check out the Outlaw Radio Facebook page, Twitter feed, and especially the YouTube channel. The Outlaw Radio Show is streamed live on YouTube every week. So please check out those places where you can find more about the Outlaw Radio Show. And don't go anywhere. Zach and Creighton will be back in a moment with more on the Outlaw Radio Show. This is the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams and Creighton Vaughn. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Today's episode, I've titled What Happened to Rob Bell. Three years before the very first NUMA video was ever released, and more than five years before he ever wrote a book. After interning for about a year at a megachurch, studying under Ed Dobson, Rob Bell launched out a church plant with a couple hundred people they called Mars Hill Bible Church. Their first Sunday in a gymnasium, a thousand people showed up. They ran out of chairs. Within six months, they had 4,000 people. By July 2000, they have been donated a shopping mall that they've renovated by buying all the land around it. They had a sanctuary of 3,500, what they called the gray chair facility. Creighton, you and I were talking off air that Rob Bell is 28 years old as this is happening. That's insane. Which is your age, right? I mean, can you imagine? No, I can't. I, I like we've been we've been start, we started a church, and it's been growing well, and it's been great. And then we had a pandemic, and we took a uh, took a step back a little bit. We've been building back from that. But like, can you imagine a thousand people showing up your first Sunday? I mean, we no. were happy. We were happy with like a dozen. It's nice because we can say the dozens of members at Calvary three sixteen. <laughs> I mean, a thousand people, and then within six months, you've got four thousand people. I mean, uh, just the logistics, children's ministry, nursery, um, just—I mean, everything, everything that goes around. Again, I, I'm saying this to say that you got to realize, you know, your context ends up being the love wins controversy. You go back eleven years, 
to a 28-year-old Rob Bell that's a phenom. It's interesting. I ran across this quote because uh, Ed Dobson was asked what he thought of this growth of Mars Hill, you know? And he said this, and, and this gives you an insight. He says, quote, I have no explanation for the growth other than Rob kept it simple and basically taught the Bible. Well, that would be the way to do it. The very first thing that Rob Bell ever taught through. So he started a church, and I think he taught like two years, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Leviticus. (laughs) You know, like, through the book of Leviticus. Um, Again, very talented order, very creative, um, groundbreaking, thought-provoking. July 2000, multiple services by 2005, all right? 2005. They have 11,000 people coming to the church. By March of 2011, they had shrunk to between 8 and 10,000. Uh, the reason is that they lost 2,000 when Rob Bell said that women could become pastors. Right. So they experience incredible growth, but he's also demonstrated that, like, I'm going to make decisions, and if we lose people, so be it. I mean, again, when you're 11,000, you probably, you probably will be well served to lose a few thousand people. Again, incredible, incredible growth. I noted that he starts doing these NUMA videos from 2002 to 2009. They do 24 of these short films. People are talking about Rob Bell. 2005, he releases his first book. It's signed on by Zondervan, who also, by the way, buys the NUMA franchise. So again, Zondervan, you know, the big Christian publishing, I mean, they're all in on Rob Bell. I mean, all in, dumping tons of money behind him. Velvet Elvis, 2007, his second book was called Sex God. 2008, he released Jesus Wants to Save Christians. 2009, he re- releases Drops Like Stars. I understand with every book that Rob Bell released, in addition, in addition to, to teaching every Sunday at Mars Hill, um, in addition to doing these NUMA videos, um, in addition to writing books, he's also, with every book release, doing um, something kind of different. He's, he's doing a tour. And again, this kind of ties back into, you know, his band life. He's doing a tour. He launches with every book a tour, a speaking tour, uh, where they go in and rent auditoriums, and he does a tour, a speech, kind of around the book. He goes on tour, um, which is nuts. And again, he's got the biggest Christian publishing uh, powerhouse behind him. Um, it's amazing. He did this with every book. Now... Fast forwarding a bit. As all of this is happening, as more NUMA videos get released, as more audio is is circulating on the internet, as, again, more books are being written, you get to 2011, and and the, the consensus within a lot of evangelical communities is that Rob Bell is somebody that we should be very careful with. Um, by, by this point, I would say by the late 2000s, churches are no longer showing NUMA videos at church. Uh, people are kind of like, they still might read the book, but they're not talking about it. They take the dust cover off. I read, I think, the first two books and then was like, okay, I, I, see, I see where this is going. And, and that's where people, people already kind of felt like, I, I know where this is going. Um, I think the more the guy talks, the more... Uh, it's revealed what he really thinks, and the more that that happens, the more I'm really beginning to question his theology. Um, this guy could be very dangerous. He, he's kind of, the star is beginning to lose some of its shimmer. And then the bomb gets dropped, right? Because the, 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 the mask gets pu- pulled off. Um, there's no debating. Love wins drops. And again, it gets pushed. I mean, it's a big thing. Big thing. Has its own hashtag. You know, social media takes off. I mean, it, it is, it is a, a thing. Love wins. And in the book, basically, Rob Bell is questioning hell, the existence of hell, which then in turn is questioning salvation, the essence of salvation, what justification really looks like. I mean, you know, everything kind of snowballs. And you had at this time a lot of the Christians that are just kind of going along with Rob Bell, not really thinking it all through, 
are now diving off of the cliff because you have like major divides that are happening within Christianity where it's like you have churches that are like, oh, we're going to do a small group on the next Rob Bell book because that's what we've been doing. And people are now leaving churches because like, have you not read the book? This is heresy. Like this is a complete break uh, from a fundamental orthodoxy. This is not, this is not called for. As a matter of fact, uh, when the book dropped, John Piper uh, tweeted out three words, which kind of summarized it. He tweeted out, farewell, Rob Bell, because it was over. Jeez. Everyone knew it. In fact, Mars Hill ended up losing, in the, in the few months that followed, 3,000 members. There was an exodus. Uh, it was announced September 22nd of 2011 uh, that Rob Bell was resigning from the church, the church that he had founded uh, 12 years earlier. Uh, he was leaving. Uh, he said to, quote, start a spiritual talk show in Los Angeles, that this was the next phase of his spiritual journey. In fact, December 11th of 2011 was the last sermon that he taught at Mars Hill was kind of his farewell. So he re releases a book in March. They lose 3,000 members. By September, he's resigning. I would say he probably was fired. Um, and then he gives his last farewell December 11th. And from that point, it's very interesting. So he moves to he moves to Los Angeles, and then he starts issuing all of these statements about um, kind of renouncing his own Christianity. He starts uh, taking on he, he I mean he's 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 no longer tethered to a church. He's no longer tethered to accountability. Uh, he's in a very liberal area. He's now gotten connected with the producer of Lost. Uh, they're developing a, a talk show. Uh, the guy's name. Um, uh, uh, Carlton Chase, the producer of Loss, teams up with him. Uh, they, they create a pilot. Uh, the Rob Bell Show debuts on Oprah's network, December uh, 21st, 2014. Uh, that's all you can find about it. Like, it gets ghosted. Um, they had, like, one episode of pilot that was on OWN, and then it disappeared. Uh, 2013, he did an Oprah interview. Again, he, he changes all of his positions. Like, he... Uh, his positions on homosexuality, he goes completely progressive. Uh, his positions about the authority of Scripture. There were books where he's tiptoeing along the lines. He's full-blown rejecting the infallibility. He calls it the, the Jesus teachings. Uh, if you listen to anything, he'll say he'll talk about the Genesis poem. Um, he has gone full-blown into Judaism. A lot of very interesting things, again, being connected back to some of the progressiveness of his mentor, some of the, the Jewish thinking and thought processes, uh, again, of his mentor. He basically falls off the map, still doing speaking tours that very few people go to or are aware of. Uh, his website uh, hails him as a freelance writer and a speaker. He does classes for writing. Uh, he has a, a podcast that, by the way, is successful. I won't name it. It was rated iTunes Best of 2015. Um, <laughs> April 29th. I had to dig deep into the interwebs for this. But April 29th of this year, uh, he released a new album titled Humans on the Floor that sounds like a really bad version of the B-52s. It's <laughs> atrocious. <laughs> but he basically just kind of, kind of fell off. So with all that in mind... Like, what do we learn? Like, what do we learn about the fall of Rob Bell from being the, the it guy, launching a church, huge success, seemingly doing it right, to then within 10 years being a heretic? Don't go anywhere. I'm going to answer that question on the Outlaw Radio Show. Did you know beyond the unique content of the Outlaw Radio Show, Pastor Zach Adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free? If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out c316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but c316.tv also has video, audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the Book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. 
with over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, C316.tv is a must visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I'm talking about what happened to Rob Bell and what we can learn from it. Before I get to a few points, I want to read a few quotes that I think are insightful. Um, again, coming from several different interviews. Rob Bell's quoted as saying, My parents were intellectually rigorous. Ask questions, explore. Don't take things at face value, stretch. I've always been interested in the thing behind the thing. Again, he went to Wheaton because it was his parents' alma mater and he studied psychology. Rob Bell said, He said of his childhood, He said, I had no idea where I fit. But I've always been drawn to the outcast, to the girl with the black fingernail polish. About five years into their church, Mars Hill, again, 10,000 people coming, Bell talks about in an interview how he was burned out. And you can imagine. What's interesting is that the solution to the burnout was that he started seeing a therapist and then took 10 weeks off as a sabbatical. And then he said, he said, it began deep in my soul that I had nothing to prove. I had to die to the need to achieve and impress. One of his friends describes Rob Bell as actually being kind of introverted, if that makes sense, which I actually understand that intrinsically, a lot of times introverts uh, can project as being very extroverted on stage, but then are very private and reserved in their own lives, which is kind of sets an interesting psychology when it comes to Rob Bell. Uh, I ran across an interview in March, on March 23rd, 20, 2008, and this is to be very revealing. He said, you know, God could give me 50 more years, and he's speaking towards kind of the controversy surrounding him. He said, so don't wind me up. If you're offended now, I'm just getting started, which again is very interesting. What happened to Rob Bell? Uh, Rob Bell is absolutely the byproduct of broken evangelicalism. Rob Bell had no reason ever being a pastor of a church. Yes, he's creative. Yes, he's eloquent. But here's the interesting thing. I had always felt like Rob Bell had a particular theology. And then it was over time that he's kind of is, is conditioned, like that Rob Bell couldn't articulate what he really believed because he knew it wouldn't be palpable. And so he kind of leads his congregation. He's leading Christianity on like this ex exploration where he's introducing ideas, he's asking questions, he's unpacking things, trying to lead you systematically to some maybe different conclusions. Again, a Velvet Elvis repainting Christianity. What I've come to find out though is that Rob Bell did not know what he believed from the beginning. That what you're actually seeing throughout the course of the NUMA videos, what began as being pretty orthodox and pretty fundamental, begins taking weird turns because Rob Bell started taking weird turns. That Rob Bell didn't know what he really believed in. Again, he has a degree at Wheaton Shore in psychology. And he has a Master's of Divinity only after the fact that he realized he wanted to be a preacher. There's no mention, no story of calling, of commission. And then he goes to a non-denominational church, has very little mentorship, very little stewardship. He gets some wacky theology introduced, and then he starts this church at 28. It takes off. I think Rob Bell is learning on the fly. He didn't know what he believed. And then not only that, but I think he was given a platform for all the wrong reasons. Again, you listen to Rob Bell today. He's smooth, man. He's sharp. He's polished. He's a 28-year-old musician who's trendy. He's got like dyed blonde hair and an older megachurch pastor's like, yeah, that guy can be it. And then Zondran jumps behind him and this whole machine comes behind him. He didn't know what he believed to begin with. And then he's given a platform for the wrong reasons. And what happens, I mean, inevitably, and it's hard to blame him, but quick success feeds ego. I mean, he had a need for the limelight. He's in a rock band, multiple rock bands. The very first thing that allures him to preaching is, or to pastoral ministry is preaching. It's being on the stage. He's good at it. He's comfortable. But he's an introvert otherwise. It's interesting, the guy that actually replaced him at Mars Hill Church, uh, son of Ed Dobbins, Kent Dobson. He was hired August 2012. 
He quit in 2015, and this is what he said when he resigned. Being a pastor at a church is not really who I am. And, you know, I think that he realized way early what Rob Bell always since maybe from the beginning, that, that he wasn't a pastor and that he was, he was learning out his own theology, his own ethic on the fly. His success fed his ego. He wasn't rooted. He wasn't grounded. And then not only that, but it seems as though Rob Bell was kind of novel for the sake of novelty. It's interesting that he was, he was called the Hellraiser, that he was a disruptor, that he enjoyed that. Again, he is pure, tried and true Gen X. He's the Nirvana generation. You know, he, he's the guy that's trying to push the status quo, that it's inherent. And, and the truth, again, the quote that from 2008, he enjoyed being controversial because it fed the image, it fed the branding. I think at some point, Rob Bell realized that he wasn't a Christian. <laughs> he's pastoring a church, he's writing best-selling Christian books, but the more he's beginning to understand his own theology about sexuality, about gender, uh, about, about marriage, um, about uh, the, the, the authority of Scripture, trying to reconcile things to Judaism, I mean, the more he begins, you know, Rob Bell has been said kind of adhered to what's known as a trajectory hermeneutics, that he believed that the Bible established kind of the trajectory by which we should understand certain theological principles. That yes, in the Old Testament, it was a patriarchal hierarchy. And yes, in the, in the New Testament, Jesus' disciples were male. But there were principles being established, such in our culture, you know, uh, women could be pastors. The problem is, is like, when did the trajectory change? But again, I think instead of viewing it as like, Rob Bell had a, a like, he, he, did, he just wasn't being transparent. I think the story of Rob Bell is he was learning on the fly because he wasn't founded and should have never been anywhere near a pulpit because he didn't have a theology established on, on his own. He wasn't a Christian. And then he realizes it. And he writes, love wins. And what happens? Rob Bell experiences a backlash from Christians, which made his escape easy. He could do what, what, what liberals would herald. Blame evangelicals. Those bigots, those haters. I'm trying to push Christianity into the 21st century. I'm trying to be a new reformer. I'm trying to challenge the status quo, and no one's listening. And instead, I'm, I get run out of my church, and, and I'm losing my book deals, and I get this incredible backlash. He can blame evangelicals. Now, the irony is that Rob Bell, I'm sure, thought he would be accepted in the secular world, the Oprah world. And initially he was, but today, today he's completely rejected and is doing nothing has little to no influence. And you know, I think Rob Bell's happy, interestingly enough. Because again, Rob Bell should have never been a pastor to begin with. And it was the evangelical church. It was seeker-friendlyism. It was the rush to take a young kid who's sharp, who's thought-provoking, who's trendy, and to put him in a position where he was destined to be chewed up and spit out. That's the tragedy. The, the lesson, what happened to Rob Bell? Evangelical leaders are what happened to Rob Bell. Major publishing houses are what happened to Rob Bell. Rob Bell should have been left off the stage. He should have been given the freedom to work out his own Christianity before he ever started talking to anybody else about what it meant to be a Christian. Creighton, you got anything? No, man, that was heavy, though. But isn't it true? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, it, when you were, we were talking about just the sheer speed at which he grew. I was expecting this to be a flame out kind of story, which it did turn out to be just not necessarily the way that I thought it is a flame out story, but it's the, it was the revelation that I have no business being a pastor because I'm not even sure I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I think that was rooted at the beginning. Anyway, you've been listening to the outlaw radio show. Craig, thank you for being with me. It is always a pleasure. For our contact information, very easy to find. Go to outlawradio.org, our email, links to Facebook, to Twitter. Again, outlawradio.org. Uh, if you're listening on the radio, uh, check out our podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify. If you're listening on the radio or our podcast, check out the live stream recording of the Outlaw Radio Show. Easiest place to find it is outlawradio.live. Once again, my name is Zach Adams, and I hope you join me again this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show.
You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.